Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to WISE. Today's episode is one that I have been meaning to put out there for a long time, but I am a firm believer that we put things out when we're ready to put things out, when we have enough information to share. And I think this might be one of the most important episodes that I have ever done, especially if you have been here for a while. So before we get into the episode, let's go ahead and go over a little bit of housekeeping as usual. Right now, Intuitive Macros is open for enrollment, and this next round, starting September 6th, is likely going to be one of our biggest rounds, and you know, this is the eighth round of Intuitive Macros, which is nuts to me. This program started in 2019, and it really has been an amalgamation of I think that's the word, like all of the stuff put together of everything that I know about nutrition, everything I know that can help you and be your long-term solution with your weight, your body, the way that you feel about nutrition. What I love about this program is that it has structure and it also keeps you in mind. If we think of the reasons why diets don't work or eating plans don't work, The reasons are usually because one, they don't honor your preferences and your personality. They're just like, okay, do this. And you have to make a big overcorrection versus what we do in intuitive macros. We take what we're already eating and then we make little tweaks from there according to your goals. You know, let's say you have a weight loss goal, then we likely just cut down portions a little bit because we know weight loss comes down to a calorie deficit. So that is the first thing. And the second thing is that we don't really consider the fact that we have to do this forever. So we go into something that is like, okay, I'm just going to do this for this short period of time and it's, I'm going to lose all the weight and then we lose the weight, but you don't have the skills to keep the weight off forever, which is really what this is about, like maintenance is more important than weight loss. Weight loss is easy. But the thing is that once you lose the weight, if you haven't dealt with your mindset, your patterns, your thoughts around food, it's going to be really easy for that weight to come on again. And that is what we do at Intuitive Macros. This is your permanent nutrition solution. You get a personalized plan by me, a personalized macro plan. You also get all of my nutrition content and we do six weeks of coaching calls. So this time we're doing a pre-week, which starts September 6th. And we will then have our first call on September 13th. We will go for six weeks after that. And I really just want you to start feeling good. I want you to start having the life that you know that you can have that isn't overtaken by food. 
That is what Intuitive Macros does. I'm so passionate about this program. I can't wait to keep sharing it with you. Uh, And I would love, love, love to see you in here. So you can go either to the link in my bio on Instagram or you can go to the show notes because we have the link in there too. Also, if you are a past client of mine, if you have done any of my groups or if you have been a one-on-one client, right now Intuitive Macros Monthly is open. This is a monthly membership that we will have monthly calls, community. Many people have said, I'm good with my nutrition, Ashley, because you taught me all of the stuff, Like, but I would still love to be in this group. Is this for me? Yes. You know that if you've ever been on a coaching call with me, even on this podcast, if you've listened to this podcast, we know that we talk about a bunch of other things outside of food because those are just as important. So we're going to be talking about relationships, purpose, business, making unconventional life choices, following your joy. If you need a community or you want a community that gets it, every single person I've worked with gets it. If you want that, join Intuitive Macros Monthly. You likely have gotten the email if you have worked with me already. And if you haven't, just send me a DM on Instagram or email me and I will get that link over to you. So let's get started with this episode. And this is going to be a two-part episode. I will likely put the second part of this out in the next week or two. But I've been thinking a lot about this just as I see or you all tell me or share things with me about how, you know, on social media, there are just a lot of opinions and thoughts out there in regards to nutrition and weight. And I'm really talking about this from the perspective of an eating disorder survivor. So sometimes I think that the way that I think about food and the way that I think about recovery would be considered harsh to many people out there. And I actually think that this is, at least for me, again, as an eating disorder survivor, so I am not saying these things as somebody who has never struggled before, you know, as somebody who has, hasn't gone through anything. Like I literally spent 20 years in some sort of disordered relationship with food. I had bulimia. I had, you know, I was underweight for a while with no period. I dealt with orthorexia from the time that I was little. Like I have known every single part of this struggle. I never went to treatment, um, but I did go to therapy and the therapy that I went to actually was not that helpful. What helped me the most, and if you are struggling with an eating disorder right now and you're listening to this, please go get counseling, go tell somebody that you're struggling with an eating disorder. Even if you have to tell me first, send me a DM. I will make sure that you are, you know, put in the right direction. If you have a current eating disorder, we obviously cannot work one-on-one together. You would need to go see a therapist or some sort of counselor uh, that is out of my scope, but I can direct you somewhere uh, that would be helpful to you. So I am not saying that therapy is not helpful. I'm just saying that for me, it was not the thing that was the game changer. The game changer for me was reading Janine Roth's work, who I talk about all the time. Her book, Women, Food, and God, was the catalyst for me and my recovery I remember the exact moment that things changed for me. I was in grad school. Before I went to grad school, this was in uh, 2011, 2010, perhaps I was thinking about going to um, 
you know, grad school and getting a master's in nutrition and food studies and going to cooking school and all this stuff. And before I did that, I was at my corporate job in Miami that I hated. I was also living with my parents because this was 2008, 2009. And around this time, we had a really big recession. So I ended up going back to Miami because I was let go from my first job, which was in Tampa because of the recession, moved back home, got a job that was like 30% less than my previous job. And I just really hated that job. I was also living with my parents at the time. And just being in that environment of just like being used to having your space to then not having your space really I felt really out of control and my eating disorder relapsed during that time. So again, this was probably like 2009-ish. And I, again, really hated what I was doing. So I went back to cooking school. And when I went back to cooking school and I moved to Boston, I had a whole new focus and a whole new purpose. And my eating disorder stopped during this time. Like I wasn't throwing up anymore, which was the crux of my eating disorder, binging and purging. I wasn't doing that anymore. I had a whole new focus. I felt I had a whole new purpose. This isn't to say that like you have to, you know, change your circumstances in a giant way in order to recover. I do think that if I had read the book back then when I was still in those circumstances, I would have changed too. But I remember reading that book, which was like basically an intuitive eating book, let's say, uh, and being obsessed with food. And I remember that day that I read it, I was in my apartment in Boston. I lived below or I lived above or close to like a bodega and uh, like a pizza shop. I forgot what it was called. Um, I think it was called Sabatino's Pizza. But I went and got a slice of pizza and I had a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And I sat with them at my little kitchen island in my studio apartment in Boston. And I was like, I'm going to let myself eat as much as I want. And I really paid attention to the food. I really allowed myself to have as much as I wanted to and gave myself full permission to eat it. And I think that was the first time I had done it, like really giving myself full permission and not let my eating behavior be driven by shame and guilt and embarrassment and, you know, just being uncontrolled because it was too restricted. I never allowed myself to eat these things without guilt and shame. This is the first time and I had done that. And like, I didn't eat that much. I was like, oh my God, like I'm done. I'm full. And these, this leftover pizza and this pint of ice cream is staring at me in the face. And I was like, oh my God, my life is different now. (laughs) Ever since then, my life changed and I began to recover and get recovered from my eating disorder. And that was really when I found spirituality because reading Janine Roth's work made me realize that my food issue was not really a food issue. It had to do with a void that I was feeling. Now, I do think that like if you feel uncontrollable with food, we also have to look at the physiology. Like, are you restricted? Are you just eating processed foods that drive you to eat because they're delicious and they really get into your brain and all of that. So I think that the physiology has something to do with it. But for me, it was like a spiritual void that I was trying to fill my entire life. And we know that like a void like that, which I think we do all feel to a certain extent, never gets filled with stuff or anything external. So I really had to find my 
self during this time. I had to find who I really was. And I, when I moved to Boston, I was in a long distance relationship. Um, and I, it was not a great relationship. He ended up likely, I don't know for sure, but cheating on me. I will maybe tell that story at some point because that has a lesson in there too. He didn't directly cheat on me, but I found out that he probably was. And that left me single and alone. And during that time when I was alone in this city, I had friends that I had met through school. I just like explored and had fun and like literally made a list of places that I wanted to go to in Boston and explored them. And it was just the first time that I had really like, again, away from all my friends and family, finding this new community of people, this new purpose, this excitement for, you know, the beginning of honestly what I do today was this. I really realized that I wanted to help women with this struggle because I was like, oh my God, all that bullshit that I've learned, like none of this works. What works is really getting to know yourself and having self-connection and having some sort of like spiritual um, connection and purpose, right? So that is what I do in intuitive macros with the things that I teach in terms of like emotional eating, not really working, uh, if we are making ourselves feel bad with food and all of this stuff. So through the years, I ended up recovering and I ended up just becoming a completely different person. Now, because I was never in an eating disorder treatment facility, I didn't really understand what that sort of healing was like. And I have spoken to my best friend, uh, Kim Shaper, who was in and out of eating disorder treatments many times. And our eating disorder is something that we connect on. Uh, We don't really talk about it anymore. Um, But in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, you've been through this. I've been through this. Like we both had pretty severe eating disorders. And we just mention it from time to time, like, damn, if we survived that, we can survive anything. Like nothing is as bad as that world. And if you've been in that world, you know. Um, So she kind of described some of the ways that they urged you to recover. So like, for example, you weren't allowed to walk at all or do any exercise. You had to eat really crappy food in order to heal and kind of show yourself like you can eat whatever and it's okay. But I don't agree with that. I also don't agree with a lot of the anti-diet movement, which is like hide these numbers from yourself. I can understand why that can feel triggering. But at the same time, and let me just preface this, that like, this is the goal. So if you are not here yet, don't think anything of it. Don't make yourself feel bad. This is a many year journey. So as long as like these things are in your periphery as the goal or not, like you don't have to agree with me either about these things. I'm just sharing my perspective on this. But I do think that in terms of becoming like anti-fragile, that's what I want for us. I don't think that involves padding yourself from the world. And in a lot of these eating disorder recovery or anti-diet things, it's like, oh, don't show yourself the calories that you burned. Make sure that you get a menu that doesn't have numbers on it. Never weigh yourself at the doctor. Uh, 
ask the doctor to just not weigh you and make it a big deal and or turn around. And I mentioned this on a podcast, uh, the Should You Weigh Yourself podcast, the moment that I realized that I would never hide my weight from myself again. And again, I need to reiterate, like if you, if weight is still triggering to you or you have um, hidden your weight from yourself for a long time, it is okay if that is where you are right now. I think we all have our own journeys. They're all individual. But I do think that it's important to get to a place where nothing is triggering. To me, that is the holy grail of healing, where nothing can disturb your peace, right? And that is an internal thing. It doesn't actually have to do with weight. And I'm about honesty and being honest with yourself and showing yourself these things. And again, any sort of like hiding or padding of life doesn't feel good to me. And I'm going to tell you why right now. So I told this story on this past podcast episode where I had a time where I was starting CrossFit and I was starting keto at the same time too. And I remember like not really paying attention to my weight during this time. And I just felt myself getting bigger. And I was like, oh, it's muscle. Like this is, you know, one of the first times that I'm lifting, whatever. And I didn't pay attention to my weight for a really long time. I was just like, oh yeah, it's muscle. Like I'm just getting a little bigger. And like, I didn't feel good. That's the deciding factor here. Like I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel good. And I remember going to the gynecologist and the gynecologist asked to weigh me. And I said, I really would prefer to not be weighed. And she said, okay, but we really need your your weight because I don't know, for whatever reason. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm like, I can just tell you how much I weigh. I weigh 130. And that's like my, my, the weight that I feel best at, like 130, 135. I was like, I weigh 130. And she was like, okay. And then she's like, I'm still going to need you to get on the scale though. So I got on the scale and those scales have these things that you move that goes from like, you know, they have like the big ones on the bottom and then the more like detailed ones on the top. Uh, and the ones in the bottom go like 50, 100, 150. And then the top bar goes to 50 pounds, right? So like, let's say the, the highest number that you could be on the dial that's 100 pounds would be like 149 because then you have to go to 150. So I felt her, <laughs> she put it at the 100 mark. And then on the top bar, I heard her sliding it over. She got to 149. I heard her pull it all the way back because I was paying attention. And then she went to the 150 mark. And I was like one. And then she, you know, moved it over a little bit. And I was like 155. And it was just such an awkward moment because I was, my guess was 20 pounds off. And most importantly, it's not about the weight. It was about me deceiving myself and me not being honest with myself and telling myself the truth about something. So many times we don't want to tell ourselves the truth. We don't want to look at our bank accounts. We don't want to look at our weight. We don't, we'd rather not know how many calories are in something. We'd rather stay, you know, in the dark about our relationship or lie to ourselves about our relationship or a friendship or where we live or whatever it is. It is easier to stay in that dark, in the dark. And I remember that moment just feeling so like, like she looked at me and then she looked at the thing and she was like, well, we're just going to say 130. And I just felt so 
deceiving of myself. And that moment changed everything for me. I'm like, I'm never going to hide how much I weigh ever again, because that is a form of just telling yourself the truth. And if you're listening and you're like, but I feel triggered by my weight and, and you feel good at this number, then I think it's still, again, it's not like you need to weigh yourself every day, but if you are actively avoiding, I think there's a difference between like just not really caring which is like, don't own a scale, whatever. But there's a difference between that and like making an effort to avoid it and like making a scene. Like I made a scene, which I was proud of myself at the time for speaking up. That was what I needed at the moment. But I like made this whole thing around like, oh, I don't want to see it. And again, it's just like self-deception. It's not being fully honest with yourself. And if you're actively avoiding it, then I think that there's something there that can still be looked at. And I'm saying this as someone who has hid my weight from myself so many times. I'll never forget like when I got back from college and I gained 40 pounds in a summer. I left weighing 140 and I came back weighing 185. For me, that's a lot. Uh, I have a small frame. I'm short. Again, weight is relative. So I remember getting on the scale then and being like, holy shit, 185. Like, again, for me as a short person with a smaller frame, that is, you know, a lot for my frame. So I I don't ever want to feel that way. And this is the same thing with like tracking and numbers. I think that again, if you just don't want to track, cool. But if the numbers are triggering to you, I think that there's more work that needs to be done because the fact is that food has energy and food has numbers. So if like, again, you just don't care and like you are and like you feel good, maybe you've tracked before or maybe you've worked with somebody like uh, an intuitive eating dietitian or something who gives you portions and like you feel good, that's great. But like, let's say you go to a restaurant and you have to like hide the nut and like they have the calorie numbers on the food there and you have to like go out of your way to like ask for a new menu or cover them up it it just promotes this feeling of being fragile and of being like that you need to pad the world to protect yourself I for my own healing I want to be able to expose myself to everything and be unbothered and unaffected by it. This isn't a good or bad situation. This isn't like, oh, I'm better or none of that. This is just how I want to feel and really what I want, the place that I want my clients to get to because it's about truth, right? There's a difference between like, the food struggle and like a drug struggle, for example, a lot of people have, you know, stories of their addiction struggle, let's say, where like they can't be around alcohol or something. In that case, like that is something that I think is, is different because like you have, um, this problem with this substance and it's a lot, you might not understand the difference or you might be like, well, food's the same. I am saying this as someone who's had an eating disorder and somebody who's recovered from an eating disorder for 11 years and has gone through every single part of this journey. And I want to feel like I have strength 
and that I am not fragile, that I can go anywhere. I can see someone's body and not get triggered by it. I can see someone's clothing size, not get triggered by it. I can see someone pursuing a bikini competition or a fat loss journey, and I'm not going to get triggered by it. If I see somebody pursuing a bikini competition, I'm like, that's not for me, but I'm not going to feel some kind of way about it, right? So this to me is real recovery because nothing can shake you. This is the end goal. I just hated that feeling. And I am saying this also as somebody who like was told by their eating disorder therapist to like delete all numbers and like not pay attention to them. And that was healing. And I'm like, but I still, it's like this feeling of like deceiving yourself of the truth of things. Things are what they are. And if you don't like something, I think it's important to, again, not like shove it in your face every day, but just kind of be okay with what it is. Even if it's not ideal to you, it's information. It is data. Again, it's not like rubbing it in your face, seeing it all the time. But when we go to lengths to actively avoid it and to try to pad ourselves through this, I think that that can be really tough. And I personally don't want to feel like that. And I want my clients to be able to get to a place. And we talk about this. So I say like if, for example, I have clients that do not want to weigh themselves, which is totally valid. That is where we are right now. That is the journey that is happening. That is okay. But as we continue to heal, as we continue to recover from these things, I think a good goal is to eventually get to that place where we will be unbothered and unaffected. It could take years. It's okay. But I want us to keep it in the background as a goal that we are working towards, even if it takes years. It took me years. So everything that I teach comes from that place. And my goal is to always be the strongest, most unshakable version of myself. And that comes with being able to expose myself to things and not being affected by them. I think there's also like something else to say around like the way that our brain is reactive. So for example, when I say not get triggered, I mean like don't get, if let's say you do get triggered, I think that that's a normal thing to like have thoughts that pop up, but then not take the action that the thoughts are telling you, you know? So for example, if like your friend is doing a fat loss phase and you like really can't do fat loss or like they are pursuing something. Them telling you might have give you like a little reaction in your brain like, oh, maybe I should do that or how dare you do that, whatever it is. But then I think the goal is to also talk yourself, talk yourself into having the wise reaction, talking yourself out of whatever your brain is telling you because the brain is going to react, right? So I think the work is observing what happens and then not feeling fully reactive to it, right? So there's so much here, but some things that I would sort of characterize as recovery, let's say, number one, you don't get triggered or if you do get triggered, you can sort of speak wisely to yourself knowing that like that's just your voice, the mean voice in your head. We all have one. Um, Another goal is to just feel at peace with food. Like there isn't any sort of like 
giant emotional intensity or, um, you know, big, big, big obsessions with food. It's just like, okay, it's there. I love it. I enjoy it. But it's not this like obsession that gets in the way of other things in my life. You eat what you want. So you eat things perhaps that mostly make you feel good, but then you also eat things that you really love. If you've worked with me, you know that I speak about this in terms of like the daily, weekly, monthly, and more rare than that framework. Like what are the foods that are best for me to have daily, weekly, monthly, a little less, right? So you eat what you want within that framework and you don't feel deprived. You can eat with others. Cool. You can say no. You can say like, actually, I don't want seconds or actually I don't want that or actually I can't eat gluten or I can't have that bread or whatever it is. You're okay with saying no. Um, Another thing is you don't make giant overcorrections. This is the crux of dieting. It's a whole world of overcorrections. It's like, okay, I'm restricting a ton and then I'm going to binge and then I'm going to go back. So it's like we have to go through small shifts that is and gentle shifts and that's what really brings that behavior um or that healing or that sustainability let's say another thing is you can look at numbers you can see numbers and it's okay like i have a peloton and the peloton tells you like how many calories you've burned i don't care <laughs> i think that we all, again, this is just my opinion. I know that there's lots of, opinion, of opinions on this. And if you disagree and you want to have a discussion, I'm always open to that. I think that we need to live in a world where like we can disagree with people. And if we want to have a discussion, we can. Again, it isn't combative, but it's like we're open to discussion. Like, again, I don't want to feel like, oh, I need to hide this number because I can't see it. Like, I'm not like paying attention to it the whole time, but I'm like, oh, whatever, it's there. Like, I see it at the beginning, like I did a ride today. I have no idea how many calories I burned because it's just like not a thing. I don't care versus get seeing it and getting really triggered by it where we might be there. But again, we want the goal to be able to work through that and with it. The next thing is you love food, but it isn't everything. Usually the sign of healing and big healing is that we put how we feel above food and above pleasure from food. So like I talk about pleasure from food, but I'm never making myself feel horrible with it, right? Both things co coexist, the feeling in my body and the pleasure with food. So I never override how I feel in order to eat something ever. That is just something that I, I used to, that was literally my norm. I never do that anymore. You know, let's say I go out to eat. I might like eat a little more than I usually do, but I'm never having discomfort really from eating. And if you are still there, that is part of the process. Again, it took me years to get here. I am speaking of where I am right now and where I hope we can all work to get towards. If you're finding you're still there, sometimes we need to be in that stage for a while in order to not do that behavior anymore. Because every time we do it, we can learn like, was I too hungry and I ate too much? Was I not satisfied? Was I dealing with like urgency and scarcity around like situational eating or something like that? It's okay. None of this is judgmental or anything like that. We just want to make sure that like, again, at least for me, I never make myself stuffed or feel like that with food. Um, 
another thing is there are other sources of joy in your life. So I have way more sources of joy than food. There are many other things that I do that are important to me um, and like how I feel in my body, my work, my friendships, exercise, stuff like that, that I really love. Um, The next thing is there's no transactional relationship with exercise, like where we're not doing any compensatory behaviors. We can look at our weight. That's another one. And we feel great in our bodies most of the time. We will have days where like we don't feel amazing. We will have days where it like we just don't feel optimal. Like I don't feel great today. I'm getting my period and I just don't feel 100%. So this is why I say most of the time like a lot of stuff out there is like you feel amazing 24-7. That's not realistic for anyone. It's okay to not feel great some days. But I think the whole theme of this episode is I don't want to go through the world feeling padded. I don't want to go through the world feeling fragile. And because it it takes away our power when we do that. And it takes away our strength. And that is what caused my eating disorder in the first place was not thinking I had power or strength or worth or anything like that. And when we hide from all of these things, I think it still perpetuates that like sort of coddling behavior, which trust me, I want to be coddled <laughs> like myself wants, to, like my natural default state is to just like want to be taken care of and protected. But I know that that doesn't do anything for me. I know that feeling strong and feeling accomplished are the things that make me feel the best and that make my life make me feel the way that that I want to feel in my life, right? So I think also like if you had an eating disorder, it's likely that you're a sensitive person. You had a lot of feelings and a lot of emotional intensity. That's usually what causes an eating disorder. It's like we are so sensitive that we don't know how to deal with the world. So we develop, you know, it could be a bunch of other stuff, obviously. But I think that this is part of it, that we don't know how to make sense of the world. So we try to gain control and we eat. And I think that that like, again, in the recovery world perpetuates this notion that like we are soft and we are fragile. There's nothing wrong with being soft. I am a soft person, (laughs) but I think that we feel better if we do things that are hard and if we expose ourselves to things that are difficult. An eating disorder is also very difficult, uh, Disordered eating is very difficult. Being in that struggle is very difficult. But I want to feel like a badass. I want to feel like I, and recovering from this is a very badass thing to do. Unfortunately, not everybody recovers. Um, But I don't want to give in to that story that I need to be coddled, that I need to pad the world in order for me to be okay, that I need to protect myself that I need to hide things from myself, that I need to deceive myself in order to be okay. The goal, the world isn't going to change. And that's the thing. Like these things are going to be everywhere. So what's the option? Like staying at home and like not looking at anything. I saw that Instagram, like you can block weight loss ads now. That's great. Um, But honestly, I think that Like for me, I don't even notice them. I don't even, if I see them, I'm just like, whatever. 
I can see how like for somebody in an active eating disorder or somebody who's in the process of recovery that could feel very triggering. But again, I think the goal is to just be like unaffected and unbothered by these things. And that's what I hope for all my clients and for everybody that I work with, just because I think it makes us feel better. If you've listened to this and you're like, everything you're saying, I don't agree with, I feel good patting myself and hiding things from myself, that is amazing that you know what you need. I'm saying that that did not feel good to me and that is okay that we have differences here. I think it would be different if I was like somebody like who never struggled with food and never had an eating disorder and I was just like, hey, like these are the things that should that you should do. Like you've never had that experience, but I have. And again, I'm not saying like this is better or worse or anything like that. I'm just saying that for me and a lot of the people that I work with, this is the goal that I want us to get to. And again, if you are not at this stage yet, it is okay. It's all the journey. If you are hiding your weight from yourself right now and that is working for this moment, you need to accept that too. But I think that in time, we can also accept that we want to get to this place where we are stronger than anything, where nothing can take us down, where nothing can break my peace with myself, where nothing can trigger me so much that it's going to cause me to act out of integrity or do something. To me, that is the most peaceful. I would love to know what you think. As always, please let me know. I am so grateful to you all for listening. I'm so happy to get back to consistency. Interviews are coming back in September. I am so excited. Unsure about whether we are going to do weekly interviews or twice a month. I will keep you posted. Uh, I have a lot of amazing guests to share with you, but I love you all. I'm grateful for you listening. Thanks for sticking with me on this episode that I think was a little bit can be tricky. I just want you to know that wherever you are is okay if it feels good to you. And this is what feels good to me. Sending you all lots of love and I can't wait to talk the next time. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on my